podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Hello everybody and welcome to the latest Stanfield Index Under Pressure podcast. Uh, my name's Dan Kennett and um, with me to discuss two wins, two more wins, four wins on the bounce. Um, I don't have my namesake uh, this week. He has had to take short notice uh, leave for personal reasons. Um, and it's a real shame because I was hoping to ask him his Green Bay's Mark Selby anecdote for the listening pleasure of UP listeners, but that will have to wait for another week but I do have the dynamic sports science duo to help me analyze these two fantastic games how are we doing boys how are we doing Phil oh, we're good mate we're good we're getting there we're getting there it's a bit late Si how are we doing oh yeah fine and uh how, how are you feeling about the Yankees being in the, the AL East basement Jesus Christ how, how are they shitter than the Red Sox lots of injuries <laughs> that's why I'll tell injuries. you why it's 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 the same that we have the same um, uh, procurement team as Liverpool do. <laughs> too much let's money give ball. Big con- let's give big contracts <laughs> to all players. Yeah, too much money ball. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, one other quick baseball one. Are the Rays are they real or is it a myth? Myth. They played against all shit teams until they and uh, and then the first time they played against a decent team, they lost a little bit. So the, you you get some momentum from bashing the brains in of shit teams. So a lot, a lot of lads get a lot of confidence. So it will take a while to course correct. So so, that, so they're sh- they're shit, but still better than the Yankees. They're, no, they're a really good team. This <laughs> the Rays. They're always good. They're yeah. Brighton. <laughs> yeah, true, true. Anyway, that's enough baseball nonsense, right? We are going to talk about. West Ham and Spurs. And we are going to do it a little bit different this week uh, because we're going to do it from the context of the new system. Uh, because when I was doing my data analysis analysis training, uh, I was always taught that six data points is enough for a trend. Six data points in the same direction or one direction or, uh, uh, is, is enough for a trend. And we've played five matches with the WM. Um or the box midfield, or three-two-two-three, whichever way you want to put it. But I'm old school. I'm going to use WM, um, and I think Cy prefers WM from the coaching manual perspective, anyway. So what we're going to do is we are going to look at the five games we played with the w- WM, and we're going to ask um, about specific improvements and what we've seen, both at a team level, both in an individual level, and um, also things like pressing. Um, and we're also going to ask in the in the games, in especially in the West Ham and Spurs games, what were the what were the strengths of the system of the WM, and what were any were any weaknesses caused by that uh, in those specific games? And then we're going to look at any in player level focus who is benefiting from this, 
uh, and who is suffering on a player level and who and who doesn't fit. Um, so within that, we're just going to crack on straight into uh, West Ham, and we're not going to do too much on West Ham in that. Um, I've got the match summary from Romsey. Um, I guess the big news actually um, on the team selection, it was unchanged again. Uh, sorry, it was one change. It was just Joel Matip in uh, Sai, yeah? Yeah. This is unheard of. Yeah, just supposedly injury or injury prevention induced. Um, yeah, three three unchanged games in a row. Yeah, I've got the quick match summary from Rhodesy. Um The non-pen XG across the models was uh, two for us and point X six to West Ham. Twenty shots to seven, fourteen shots in the box to five, um, four shots on target to two. And four big chances to two. And the penalty box touches was 13, 34 for us and 18 uh, for West Ham. So I guess, Barstay, the, the most pleasing thing about um, the West Ham match, it was back to being, for our first time in a, in a while, a kind of a dominant underlying performance. Yeah, I think um, bar a few little mistakes as we, we can come on to, but I, I thought it was I thought we had good possession um from the off. You know, we 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 set about our task to play the way we wanted to play, whereas I think we'd bemoaned a lot over the course of the season that we we weren't trying to impose ourselves on the opposition anymore. We weren't able to impose ourselves in opposition. Whereas we seen in this game certainly we sort of came out and like this is how we're gonna play. Yeah. And uh completely dominated I would say the first first fifteen minutes, we were we were, were completely into it, into our rhythm and our and our game, um, and their their goal came uh, last year against a run of play. Yeah, um, so it was. Um, com- if you if you think back to many of the pods that we've done this season, where the results been basically been could have gone either way, coin flip. You know, there's not much difference in the data between us and our opponents. This this was much more convincing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, still, one point seven xg is not is not extraordinary, and we no. needed a, we need we needed a corner, um, and we but we did. What I'm seeing now is um, it, it, it's weird because I don't want to endorse the the lame pundits uh, commentary, but one <laughs> of the big things that I see, and I think the the uh, the, the data bears out, is that. Um, the lads are starting to believe in this system in a way that we are we are setting out to dominate possession and space, and we've we've spent most of this season half pregnant. It, we're not quite. We were net. We weren't trying to be Liverpool. At some point, very early in the season, we decided we couldn't be the thing that we used to be, and then yeah. we were just trying to constantly cover our feet and. And now we're going, right, now you try and cope with us. And that's how Liverpool play. That's how Klopp plays. And he's figured out a way that the players buy in and we're trying to impose ourselves on the opposition now. We are still leaving little gaps occasionally and the number of touches the opposition take to create a big chance is still really low for a Liverpool team. But those are still fewer than they were six weeks ago. And for for three months, we were still leaking at a ridiculously high rate whilst 
our focus was only trying to stop them doing that and we'd stop creating chances and stop dominating possession. So now we are imposing ourselves on the opposition and we're creating more than them. So now we have a chance to win. Yeah. And and also, we'd also talked about um, stop running as well to a lot of it, uh, say, stop, stop trying almost in, in, in some cases, yeah? Yeah, we just didn't believe it. And, and we were yeah. trying to sit in and we were trying to do, do things that these players aren't, that aren't natural to these players. It, was, it wasn't as far as turning them into fridges for Allardyce and a Pudis team, but you were basically asking, you're asking David Silva to be um, one, you know, to go and fit in at Burnley. Be a water carrier. Yeah, and and we were asking these players to do things that they weren't that that isn't innate to them, and that they weren't bought for. So they 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 just didn't believe in it, and it wasn't working either. But now we figured a way of harnessing that their abilities, and and they're humans, and humans like feeling good about themselves, and and they have a little bit of success, they feel better about that, so they try a little bit harder, they have a little bit more success. Not success on a, on a global level of winning games and winning leagues. We were starting to win it, win, win games in a row, four in a row now. But but it's just like mini mini successes in the game. The thing that Klopp said, that Pep said to them, will happen if you do this thing. Start to happen. Yeah. So, so now they start to feel good. They're acquiring confidence and they're running harder because they believe the thing that they that they've been told to do is actually going to work. And when they look around, the other there's another lad right behind him doing the same thing, and it's 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 they're seeing stress on the opposition's face, and we've not been causing stress to the opposition's players for nearly all season. Yeah, and well, and stress on the face of an opposition defender is the trademark of a clock team. Are you that person who has everything? The coolest merch. And those must-have fan threads. Well, over at our Anfield Index shop, we've gone that extra mile when it comes to pimping up your Liverpool collection. From our popular range of bespoke design T-shirts, sweaters, hoodies and hats, to our signature edition mugs, prints and coasters, all provided with fast worldwide shipping. We have something for every red. We also stock official LFC merchandise and are licensed with the Premier League and UEFA to sell official iron-on shirt badges and sleeve patches. As a listener to this podcast, you can get 10% off everything with coupon code AIPRO10. Just head over to anfieldindex.shop or find us on Etsy by searching for Anfield Index. Yeah, 100%. And keeping it basic as well, Si, um, we've always questioned the... You know the physical performance right, right, right from the first game against Fulham, um, and we're going to look at you know if the players are more motivated and they're more energized and they're more bought in now again to you know what the game plan is. Um, what's that? Has that made any difference in the sprints and total distance data? Yeah, we talk. We, we've talk, when we talk about this, that it's kind of the idea has gone away from total distance because it doesn't really mean anything because everybody can run 13 kilometers in 90 minutes um well any kind of semi-fit um so it's not about like a total volume it's about sprints and sprint distance and you impose yourself by sprinting more than the opposition and making them have to react to that 
and uh, our sprints were, were were 19th in the league at one point, and they've been first for five years. Um, and yeah, first or second? Yeah, first or second. And um, and so in February we're 19th in the league, and uh, with 104 sprints per game, and we're now up to 164 sprints per game. Um, so that's just, how much is that? A sixty percent increase? Yeah, yeah. Like yeah, that's take. phenomenal. And it, but it's it's really visible in the Spurs in things like the Spurs game when you see when you see in the first ten minutes Trent make two forty meter track back sprints to do it. Salah makes one which is like sixty meter track back sprint. You know, in all early, and this that is that's if you think back to what was there at Fulham on the opening day, that that wasn't there. No, but it's, it feels like something to fight for now. It's not about the tracking back sprints. You always get the emergency running, or you don't, and it looks really well. Horrendous. Have we? Ha- yeah, exactly. Have we? Ha- have we always had the emergency running? It's like no, oh, no, they're, no, they're no, behind no. us again. Oh, for fuck's sake! I can't be our sprinting this time. Yeah, that's what happens. But my, <clears> yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. So, but my point is, you will always see some emergency running in the game, right? There will always be some moment where you'll see Robbo run 40 yards back he might have been he might have been a second and a half too late to do it but but you'll see it sometimes but but my point is that they're all bought into to um making sure the door is locked because they've been they've all been on the hunt together up front doing five five meter sprints and that's the bit that was missing the five meter sprints is the thing that was missing. The high volume of sprints was missing. We were, we 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 would regularly record a thirty meter sprint here or there because that's an emergency thing, and that's the thing like you subconsciously have to do because the fans will shout at you otherwise. It's the thing that that you're doing for the third player across from you on the pitch is going to win possession back if you run now. Yeah. For five meters, and so, that's the thing that's very evident. So let's continue that theme, um, Bart. Is that you did a really good post um, on the AI Discord um, the other day for in an impression chat about how do we evaluate you know, WM and mm-hmm. you know and it's what what you said it's less important that the formation and numbers on a, on, on a team sheet is less important. What what what, what was you, could you just review what you wrote and then just say what what the things that you're looking for and if you're going to evaluate whether w, WM is working. I said the principles can be, you know, we get obsessed and I'm I'm one of those that about, you know, we've got to play this formation, this formation. But for me, it's more about the principles of play that are adhered. So what the way you've got to look at our system is, is it allowing us a greater opportunity to, um, I think I said, does it allow us to condense play through a high line enable pressing? Yes. Does it enable opportunities to switch play with speed? Yes. Does it allow us to play through the thirds at varying speeds? Yes. Does it create opportunities to get in the hot zone and create high XG chances? Yes. And they're just simple points, but it's just rather than saying this is a new system that's unable to do that, those are still fundamentally, as I said, they're fundamental clock principles. You know, they yeah. well and, the yeah, short, and- sharp burst to get the press in high to go and get the XG is a clock principle. Yeah. How he's managed to organise a side to now get them buying to <clears> and do that again, great. But they're still the principles by which he he he's coached by. I don't think he's changed massively as a coach. Yeah. And you know what I think one thing we'll see, especially in the the Spurs game, is the the, the platform for counter pressing is there again. 
yeah. Gags, Gags said this was, he said, it's not, Gags, Gags, um, Gags collected the Spurs game, Rosie collected the West Ham game. And Gags said that, um, that there's so there's a lot of positive, very positive signs in there, specifically um, Cody, uh, Curtis, and Diogo uh, in that in that left attacking three. There, there, with yeah. what they're doing with the counter presses. Maybe not. We're not. We're not quite reaching the gig impression as playmaker yet, as in the, the peak years. No, but that platform is there. The intensity. And 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 the you know, the counter pressing, for sure. It, yeah, it's, yeah, there's real strong signs at the moment. Yeah, as you noted in the zones presses, the those those three players are now the zones are condensed, like focused, if you like, but there's still really big opportunities for crossovers for those counter presses and for those group presses to action. Whereas yeah. early in the season, <clears> everybody had press. a massive fucking everybody press had zone. a massive press zone. <laughs> they were so overlapping; it was yes. really hard to see any you know, yes. conjuncture to it. So now you've got two definite depths to your press and you've got overlapping zones. The other way, overlapping area, which has now appeared quite regularly and twice, is Salah, uh, Trent and whoever's playing right centre-half. Yeah. That's a condensed area of zone. So, so, that's, so what, that's a big thing. So if, if, we're, if, if we're going, just go back to the tactics board, just to try and visualise this in people, the listeners' minds, is if you think of the WM, right, mm-hmm. it's the three uh, points in the centre of the M, which is the centre forward, the inside left and the inside right, yep. who have wide press zones. They have um, both vertically in terms of maybe 30, 30 to 40 metres up and down the pitch and left and right. Yep. Whereas what's the, the two wingers, the two, the two deep um, sixes and the yep. full backs have very m- much more controlled, concentrated pressing zones in, in this system at the moment. Exactly. And if you look at the directional plot that we've uh, added to our uh, list, we push away from exposing the centre area of the pitch outside our centre. So we, we we push into that concentrated fullback area, as you just described. Yeah, and then so we, we, fu- push, we, we funnel, funnel outwards. In, yeah. We funnel outwards into that area. Yeah. And because of we're now putting, as I said, the energy, the sprints to it, that's working. Yeah, we're putting players into areas where we can start to win the ball back again. So that press is coming. And as you would note on some of the data coming through, the XG reducing that is increasing as we go through the games. Whereas previous games, because it was all over the shop, we were exposing the centre of our, our two set of halves effectively. Transition. And the transition was horrible. Players were just effectively walking through the middle of the pitch. Yes. And the Leicester, Leicester at home. Yeah, the Leicester was the, yeah, that was the worst yeah. single example, yeah. And Brian yeah. again away from home. So that but, now but we've managed happening. to get, with, with one thing we've done managed to do tactically, is get more bodies in that centre of the pitch. Exactly. And, so we yeah. push out and we fall um, out. Yeah, at, at more intensity, more legs in there as well. So we're, we're lim- yeah. we are reducing, you know, somewhat the opportunities the, op- the opposition have for, for, for transition against and us. And it also allows your... So Fab has looked more like his old self over the last period of games because he's having yeah. less to do. VVD and his partner are now having to do less of those, you know, recovery because it's it's more like the formation as I said, we're not asking them to do things they're not being brought up doing with Liverpool. We've yeah. just we've just changed what's in front of them slightly to enable that to happen. And that's what we've always said on the attacking side, is you've got to produce a system that enables you to get most out of more touches and trend, right? Yeah. It's yeah, got exactly. to work off the <laughs> yeah. ball as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but don't don't get us wrong. There were there were some real in the Spurs game, especially in the second half. There was oh, no yeah. pressure on the ball, and yeah, then yeah, yeah. that allowed them to play really dangerous balls. So it's not it's, sure. still, a, it's still a work in progress. But exactly. this, this context, the context of this is from where we were for most of this season to it's the last huge five games. Yeah, big yeah, yeah, yeah. Big step forward. Um, 
Sai, can we talk a little bit more about the some of the things in the West Ham game? I know it was a week ago, but I just wanted to... Um, how annoyed were you by the, by the West Ham goal? Um, it's sometimes good players do really good things, so I, w- I was way less annoyed than most. Okay. I um, thought it was a great goal. Yeah, and then the, li- the little the little tiny deflection off uh, um, bamboozled Allison, and uh, just one thing on Allison, we've always talked about him all season, saving us basically being our only good player all season. Um, but yeah, he's at, in in this game, in this in this run with the WM, Allison is actually uh, underperforming. Is he's, he's actually no longer the top shot stopper in the Premier League. He's 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 letting seven goals from the last three. Uh, post-shot XG he's faced um, so some unlucky stuff there with him obviously Richarlison header and um, you know and, and, and things like the deflected goal at West Ham and stuff like that but yeah there's um, yeah what goes around comes I, around I, I actually uh, I don't know I, I think I think we're just in a really small sample um, of bad luck if you if you just look at the last five <clears> goals you've conceded we've got two significant deflections and yeah. he's about an inch away from saving each of the three shots. Yeah, I'm just, but the point is, it's just that you know he can go from yeah, he's he's, he's like Burnt Leno is now like statistically anyway that you know yeah. they saved the most above his xG this season. So that's how quickly it can swing. Just needs a little. Um, but also, you know, also remember there was um, uh, there's been some right weird stuff with post shot in the last yeah couple. some yeah yeah like yeah. really low post shot when it went in the corner. Anyway, more importantly than Ali having a little bit unlucky run. Let's talk about Virgil. Um, very much mixed feelings on this game. I saw you tweeting about how how brilliant he was in the in, in the West Ham match, but also, you know, there's, I, I was quite annoyed with him on a few occasions with his um, this, the uh, the insuicent, um Virgil. I thought appeared too many times for my liking in this game. So, um, and you've also sorry, looked at some really really good stuff about Virgil's slow decline. Do you want to? Should we come? Can we cover off Virgil now? Everything to do we not? Now? Do we not cover this already? No, no. You know, we actually went through the slow decline stuff, and um, but I just want to thought you, you thought obviously in the West Ham game we got he got lucky with the Boeing goal. He also got lucky with the pass that went straight to was it in the first half. Was it Ben Rama? Um, yeah, 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 yeah. He got he was he was sloppy sloppy in possession a couple of times, but we're ch- choosing to take risks. Um, but after, from that point, he was in in the West Ham game, and to be fair, in Spurs game. Like his his aerial dominance is back. That's kind of where I was going. Inside the box, he's been a monster. Yeah, seventeen out of seventeen was it, Spurs? Yeah, yeah. Not him on his own, but the team as a whole. Yeah, yeah. But that's what you've yeah. always questioned it with whether him more than any other player was the one who mentally checked out for the season. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But against Spurs, he was nine out of nine aerially, yeah. and. And uh, eight and five out of five aerially against uh, uh, no eight, eight, it was nine out of nine aerially against West Ham and five out of five against against Spurs. Yeah, um, like he just quelled the threat that came when they start when in the two periods of um, of like possession of threat of crossing that that they got. That's why I was saying he was back to being brilliant because he wasn't being that dominant guy. That's all. No. Mm. Um, and it'll be interesting to see that after that that work that you plotted showing his role in, I think it was his role in 19 games of passing and aerials, um, whether that then gradually sees ramps back up slightly. Because where you look at it this season, you can say that pretty much all of the 22-23 season is a gradual slow decline. His, 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 his aerial peak uh, dominance uh, in terms of volume was the 18-19 season. And in terms of success rate, it was last season. And then this season, he's just... 
he just tailed off to being simply uh, very good levels rather than the sort of more like the demigod levels that he'd reached previously. So, yeah, 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 for sure. So he's dropped down to sixty-eight um, uh, percent um, aerial jewels, and at one point he was eighty-nine percent aerial jewels. That was last spring, wasn't it? The run yeah, last spring. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He was motivated um, then. Yeah, there was a little bit of that, I'm sure. Um, the his his progressing passes is just starting to tick back up, but um, it dropped off a cliff. Um, so he was he was basically making seven progressive passes a game, and he's down to four progressive passes a game. So mm. it doesn't sound like a lot, but it actually is in, in meters terms. Um, it was about 400 meters per game less. Um, in yeah. progressive passes, uh, and his long passes per game were going down, and the accuracy of his long passes had, had dropped off twenty percent as well. Yeah, yeah. So that's quite significant. But if it is. we, if if so, something I another thing you put you uh, you put in the um, potential debate uh, for for uh, this pod was the relationships between. Can we talk about it, Trent and Mo? Yeah. Because there's also a relationship change between Trent, Moe and Virgil. Um, and basically, the um, passing combinations between those guys, um, because I've tracked them over the last four years, over who passes to who. Um, anyway, just because I'm a weird geek and stuff. Um, and we've, we've talked about, like, the, at our best... Um, Trent passing to Mo is the most important pass combination yeah. that we have. When we're winning, they pass to each other a lot, and particularly Trent passing to Mo a lot. But combined, um, they average where in games we win, they average um, nineteen passes between them, and in games we lose or in, in games we fail to win, we're down at, uh, at less than eleven passes between them and um this season there have been um 14 passes per game up until the arsenal game that's as a combination between them one pass into the other and um and since we have mo passing to we have trent passing to mo an average of 17 times per game and trent and mo passing to trent an average of uh, fourteen times a, times a game. So we're up. We're up at 30, 30 interactions between the two of them since the, since the Arsenal game. They've become basically the prime weapon, which is the most important thing for us. If you consider that they're our two best passers, our two mm. most creative passers, but we also have this extra combination between Trent and Virgil, which is new. And if you remember in a uh, um, in that. Um, interview that got um, shared earlier in the week with Virgil. Um, he's he's saying that his role in this team in possession has changed, and he's enjoying it. And um, Trent to Virgil um, averages in the previous uh, the previous um, season up until Arsenal is three point nine passes between the two of them. And since, do you want to guess how many? Since Arsenal. Since Arsenal. Six. Six. So Ten. three point nine to what are you said Arsenal? Six, six, seven. Ten. Twenty one. Really? Jeez. 
Um, so basically, we, basically, we even have a 48. Wow. Wow. Um, so small sample, but those two, so for, Virgil is a phenomenal passer. Yeah. Um, and having basically our three best passers passing to each other seems like a good idea. Yeah, because the big yeah. diag from the big diag from Verge to to Mo is still back on it, isn't it as well? So yeah, 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 that's back up as well. So Virgil had dropped down to one point one switch a game, and he's now up to back up to he's up to um uh not the uh, yeah the combination between Mo and Virgil was one point one, and now it's back up to four and a half. Yeah. So it's not a lot, but it's but but I'd imagine the expected threat of that pass is one of the highest in the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, this Have is, you got this how many hours of progressive side from the BVD to Trent? Uh, I don't know. I don't count those, dude. Sorry, man. Yeah, but this is this, these, but these are all these are all good signs, basically. So you know, yeah. he's looking basically looking Trent looking to try and get to, get Trent on the ball's first receiver in midfield. Yeah, from from the back line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's all yeah. fab. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Why why not sign me up? Um, so um, bit of um. On the West Ham game, um, Phil, um, Cody Gakpo. Lots of love for Cody Gakpo. Um, probably his best game for Liverpool. Oof. Uh, yeah. No, and, and obviously, he scores, but we're not measuring his performance just by his score, but just, just generally his his, yeah, his involvement his, as well. His involvement, his off-ball. His, I think in previous games, we'd said that when he was receiving the ball... He, he was trying to turn, but wasn't losing it. I thought in this, he did several of those in the first 30 minutes or so. I, I thought he was involved. Uh, it's probably mm. a, a way. And his goal, I mean, we were chatting in the chat. What, what, he's He's got a reputation for having a a, a a decent shot from distance, if you like. And, and he proved it to, in that shot. It was, it was a good goal. Yeah, all um, the move. When, when, when 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 he signed all the all the all the, all the, all the Dutch, all the Dutch it, yeah. guys on the who did all the the, the shows for all the podcast basically said his main weapon is his right foot is shooting. Yeah. That, you know, that's his that you know he's a great he's an elite ball striker was the, the phrase I think that was used I a lot. He, the other thing is well, he, he was taking shots in this game, whereas in previous games I don't know he was lacking confidence or what, but he just wasn't. He was choosing the pass. Mm. Was this even after seven minutes he's having a shot? Yeah, yeah it, it's sort of like. It was just good to see him playing that role, and 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 as I said, like it, play, getting the confidence, he's got success. He's had a couple of good that games now in a row. I thought he was good for against Tottenham as well. So there's there's things that he's now got getting the off ball right, and he's starting to do the on ball stuff. It, it was it was pleasing to see in his progression. I think um, I think, I think the thing that we've been looking for, um, pretty much from 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 his first few games. To see more of is, is is Cody in build up and Cody in effective build up, and I yeah. think maybe the West Ham game was the first time we saw that for a consistent spell, consistently dangerous, and and looking more um, helping the team be more effective generally in build up play. Yeah, he had, he had the same amount of XC and XA as Mo, um, yeah. which is something he hasn't had before. Uh, Post shot. Point four nine, yeah, which is which is yeah. Again, yeah. He, he was starting to come to fruition with those with those stats. Eighty three percent passing again. Remember, we were talking about sixties earlier when he started <clears> in Liverpool. So that's that's decent or very very good. And he's receiving uh, progressive passes five in in the West Ham game, which yeah. is second only to Mo. So again, these are these are some of the 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 metrics that he was performing really poorly for. 
when he needs to be that focal point at certain times and he wasn't doing it. So, yeah, I think he's certainly starting to show those signs of, of, of uh, doing what he needs to do um, yeah. in the right areas. So just to wrap up the West Ham game, a couple of things that we do need to acknowledge is that at 1-1, um, there was a... Um, West Ham actually get through our press on their right, um, uh, through Jones and Jota. Uh, they switch to Ben Rama. Oh and, yeah, 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 and yeah. then bit Virgil just gets a touch away from Antonio, I think, and yeah. it goes down as a big chance for West Ham, and um, because it's called called missed opportunity. Um, yeah, yeah. So that was a one-one. That was. A, that was a, do, you, do you credit there with Vol- Van Dijk with a kind of goal-saving contribution there? I would. I mean, yeah. that, if he's not there, that's that's two-one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and how then he, how he gets out of three players, by the way. Uh, you know, we, we we also chatted about why Rama, Bo, or, no, why Bowen, Bowen yeah, was, was yes. profiled, right? Yeah. He got out of three Liverpool players to yeah. get that move going and then went and put the ball exactly where the space had been created by the fact that three had been sucked over to where he was. Yeah. He's not a stupid player. No, you and I said it was two years ago. It was, two and a, yeah. Maybe even two and a bit years ago when, when we were linked with Bowen. Rumours are that he'd been profiled by, yeah. presumably, as a, uh, you know, as a Salah depth. You know, optional yeah. forward line option on the right, yeah. but yeah, he's you can you can see why we profiled him. Definitely, definitely, absolutely. He's got good pace as well. Yeah, I, he's perceptively it doesn't look that like that, but he does. He, he I mean, now um, you were questioning VVD's um, nuances. Yeah, that goal, or the disallowed in, goal, in the disallowed Margin, goal, marginal disallowed marginal goal, marginal disallowed goal, belting he, finish that was great finish, through ball. We got onto it well. It, it, it was a it was a great finish. I was like, wow, he's pulled that from from somewhere. But no, I, I thought it was generally a good performance from him on the night. Um, yeah, so yeah, it, but to to go down to the BBD question, yes, I, I would have credited that with a uh, and then if, yeah. same thing. If it hadn't been marginally offside, BBD would have been getting slaughtered for the Bowen goal, right? For sure, because he's playing on the side. Yeah. He would play and, and then and then he was passive, maybe too passive in, in recovering. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that where your combination in the middle. So Matip was in this game because Canato was out injured, whatever. But yeah. Matip's would would is not able to cover the ground in covering BBD as well as Canato can, right? But what Matip does is he had a area of success rate. I think he had eighty five, eighty eight percent in this game. And his progressive part, he's, he's travelling with the ball, carrying the ball, was better than Canate, so he helps us that way. Yeah. But on that chance, if Canate had been in the side, he might have been able to use his pace to get it behind a cover. Yeah. Matic wasn't going to do that. How many times have we seen Canate covering Van Dijk? Canate Not very often. Canate. Yeah. Hello, I'm here to annoy you. I'm here to annoy you into listening to more of me and more of others, on EPL Index. We don't just have the Anfield Index stuff. We've got EPL Index as well, which covers the entirety of the Premier League. And we have three podcasts and a whole bunch of really good writing on EPLindex.com. The podcasts are my own two-footed podcast, which is every day at 4 p.m., Monday through Friday, covering the whole league. We have a tad predictable hosted by Tadiwa. You know Tadiwa, he does Anfield Index. He presents a tad predictable before every Premier League match week. And then Kevin DeVries and his crew on the EPL Roundtable, they're every week after the Premier League match week. So make sure you listen to everything we're doing on EPL Index and follow us there on Twitter at EPL Index.
Thank you. Bye bye. He is brilliant at, <laughs> yeah. at, at making his own, making his own players. players. Yeah, yeah. He very rarely is the one covering around the no. fullback or covering no. round the, uh, behind Van Dyke. Yeah. And I, I think it's one of the issues we've had with Van Dyke is that we, we all remember occasions where he's made a slight mistake or somebody's somebody's wrong footed him and then he just turned on the afterburner. Yeah. Whoever who whatever the speed of the guy he was playing against. And he he obviously doesn't have that anymore. Like no. he's not slow by any stretch of the imagination, but he doesn't have that searing speed that that he had pre-injury, which got him out of trouble. Which is the the thing Canate does for himself right now. Yeah, it doesn't help when your left back isn't having the best form of his time. It's, it's, it's a new it's a new role for him in it. Like yeah, no, 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 I'm not, I'm not disputing that. But it's 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 very. We talk about this change having a massive impact, and we'll come on to it. But I think one of the players that is not helping very much is Robertson. I don't know. I think he's playing. I, I, you think? I, yeah, I've seen I've seen lots of that being the narrative, and I actually think he's he's the numbers say he's playing well. I think he's put in some really good good performances. Uh, I think positionally he's been caught a couple of times, but that's just the shite he's been doing the last three years that I've been shouting at him for. Fair but, enough. Uh, like, literally, we had a thread going for one point for, for a season and a half of ro- how many times Robbo was was the, the play um, too deep that was giving big chances away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. A- and that was a season we were winning everything. So, so I don't think this has caused him anything. It's true. I, it I think this has actually given him an, op- uh, an opportunity to break late and and... If if we're looking at numbers, his his progressive passing numbers have nearly doubled. Yeah, since I meant asked. more off. I meant more off the ball side, but I, I accept that on the ball he's got. Yeah, mm. yeah. Better. I meant more off the ball. Okay. Um, and a big shout out to Joel Fifty uh, P Head Matip. Uh, I think you called him in the past, uh, Sai, for that belting, <laughs> yeah. belting winner. <laughs> He and, he and Virgil share a 50p head between them. But it was a phenomenal header, yeah. Good lad. Get in. Yeah. That, was, that, was, that header was power, more powerful than most players' shots. Yeah. Great ball one. as well. Great yeah. ball from Robbo. Yeah. Any any more stats or numbers for West Ham if we move on? Just move on. Yeah. Right then. Spurs. So, um, first of all, thing to note is the lineups. Actual changes to the lineups this time. Um, and we went with Harvey Elliott was back. He'd been let out of Jurgen's dungeon. Uh, he was back for for Hendo. Um, and Diaz made his first start in since October, I think. Yeah, since he got an injury for for, for Jota. Yeah, and then Canati was back in defence for 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 Matip. Hmm. Um, but otherwise, WM with just those three players slotting in into those formations. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Spurs didn't go back four this time uh, as they did against Newcastle, Newcastle Bars, right? <laughs> no, but they they only made one. They only dropped Richardson. Everybody else was the same from the Newcastle game, so yeah. um, they just changed the shape a little bit. Mm. Um, but they normally they do have this thing about playing three <clears throat> back against us. Yes, yeah. It's just uh, it's I don't know what it is. Whether yeah. they Spurs fans are desperate to get away from playing three at the back, but they just can't come with the personnel to go to a four. Pers- and they're playing a left back at centre half. I mean, I know we arguably are as well, but it's yeah, yeah. Ben Davis is now. I don't think Eric, Eric Dyer in four is no, no. yeah, he's he's not good, but yeah. So I think it's it was the only change from them is a pretty 
tried and trusted system. Well, you know, the personnel was fairly seem to be Mason's go to set at the moment. Mm. So anyway, right. So let's talk about that start. <laughs> um, it was pretty electric, wasn't it? Say, it was. Um... Just, well, I think we uh, we got their their uh, heads spinning on. It was like spinning plates. The just the the intensity of our running really early just uh, fried their decision making, and they tried to match up with us with a boxing midfield against our boxing midfield, um, and it it wasn't the best. I would I would say they didn't come off that well, and. Uh, yeah. I'm always surprised by Spurs by how accommodating they, how accepting they are of conceding two or three without losing their heads. Like they so easily lose two or three it, at the beginning of the season. They're doing it all the time as well, yeah, and they come back and play. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, they yeah. Come, and it's, just, it's such a weird phenomenon. I've never seen it in a team before. So yeah. I don't think at any point in they, that they panicked. Yeah, no, I think yeah, I think you're right. There's there's sort of an almost adverse ingrained routine to them, isn't it? It's like right, yeah, okay, we're starting three 0 down again, right? We'll start playing now. And on, um, on top of that, they literally just came back and did it against United. Yeah, two down, weren't they? Um, yeah, it's it's crazy. But that intense start for us on the the wave flight as passing, we we didn't drop by twenty passes. Like um, you know, just incredible amount of passing possession for that and touches yeah. for that first yeah. period. It's phenomenal. I would Absolutely like to say, you, phenomenal. Know, you know how we how you're talking about uh well, we talk about Ali and a little bit little deflections here or there going against yeah. us and whatever. Um I actually think we've been quite lucky in attack in in the um we've had seven big chances in the last three games that have come about from little deflections creating the second ball going our way. Um so Trent's positioning literally as as the second six or four in there um has led to not just his brilliant pass but but us reclaiming possession and keeping the door locked in a ginny kind of way and then quickly being able to build because his pass is nearly always instantly incisive yeah. and that's how that goal came about. It's higher up as well, isn't it? Sorry. It's, the it's ball bobbles out to the hit. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. And and instead of Fab having the whole width of that pitch to cover one side or the other, you just you, you just got the, the you've just got basically the two half spaces covered by Fab and and Trent, and the ball keeps coming to to one of them. Yeah. Um, yeah. Let's just do the hot streak quickly. Um, it's hot streak stats quickly. We've scored uh, fifteen goals from the last twenty six shots on target. Uh, fifteen goals from ten xg and ten point three post shot. So after bemoaning our underperformance of XG all season in the four game sequence we are now five goals over it's amazing how things turn um, who um, who who's not been playing up front <laughs> I don't know sorry. Who's, who's not been playing <laughs> also Diogo has Diogo Diogo I think he's gone from a minus three on the season to a plus three in the space of five games as well which is pretty remarkable <laughs> But yeah, but he's he's kind of slotted back into being Diogo. Yeah, because yeah. I think with him it was just that he wasn't physically up to speed, and the, with the rest of the team he was slow. Yeah, yeah he was off. But he's got sharp again, and he looks like Jota, doesn't he? Again, 
it's it's a weird thing that you don't um I don't know if you've experienced it yourself or seen it in footballers but but um I talk about this with my uh, kids and my players that um there's a Klopp's talking about power today I think he described it well um but when you've been injured when you've been out for a while you can do the stuff that develops strength and theoretical power in your legs and um and there is just a synchronicity, a coordination of muscle firing that that you get from repeatedly doing the sport that you um, you are master in football in this occasion. So, like running, jumping, stopping, and kicking a ball hard, that is actually it's it's almost like dancing. It's it's a coordination of of your muscles working synergistically in in the right timing. And it takes a while to come back. And yeah. people talk about match fitness in a like it's a, a fitness thing, and it's not at all. It's it's actually a cognitive thing, and it's a it's a um, uh, a motor skill. Proprioception, um, isn't it? So, yeah, it's how not, it feels exactly how it feels. But all, but it's just it's if you think of your body as um, a series of motorways from uh, a central governor in your brain and and all the cars are going to go down all these motorways and for a while there are a few uh, a few of the motorways are, are either stuffed with traffic or or block or the lanes are blocked so they have to think think of a new way it takes a little bit longer to get there but the more you play the the um more open those those um those lanes become and it goes back to you to exactly the like the familiar routes from your brain to your toes and and those muscles fire with the electricity being sent from your brain at all through the right time through your bracing through your shoulder the neck shoulder core hip glutes quad right down the the front of your shin into your toes and and all of those things have to contract at the right time for the power to come off your boot in the way it does or for you to jump and land as quickly as you can. And so you feel like you're running through mud when you've done all of the training before, but just a bit of practice of that skill and suddenly you're fast again. And yeah. Diogo looked fast in this game for the first time and kicking yeah. a ball will be similar. So it's like crisp. So there you go. That's my ramble for the game. That's good. That's good rambling. rambling though, mate. I tell you, that's definitely not rambling. Um, <laughs> but let's talk about that first 15 minutes again because uh, you know, Gags was really impressed as I said with it wasn't it wasn't um Jota from the start it was Diaz but Curtis Jones and Cody Gakpo um look really really strong pieces in terms of a pressing system now and um the data bore that out when Gags, when Gags sent it over as well um, 57 possession adjusted passes which is one of the biggest numbers we've ever seen on a possession adjusted basis from Cody I mean it does help that we were 84 86 we had 86 possession after 15 minutes against Tottenham which uh, the domination there um yeah but Cody 57 percent and Curtis 47 possession adjusted which which is which is a record number for him and throughout this this run with Curtis and the team um one of the things I wanted to discuss Phil is that this this game was almost like um a Curtis versus Harvey uh, audition, wasn't it? Because they were basically playing the same role on opposite sides of the pitch. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, and I think I think it was actually Patrick in the chat pointed out that one of Curtis's strengths, I think, and I can see this now, is that he can play. He could be the inside of that shape or the outside. So what that meant 
Diaz could come in and Curtis could go out and vice versa, which meant we've got rotation and they're both equally comfortable in that space or they were on the, on the day they were. Whereas the, I think Harvey's suffering the other side. I don't think he's quite got that, but the the system seems to have just completely given Curtis a new fresh of life. I think I've said numerous times aside as well, there are spaces that Curtis is better playing in in my opinion, and those are in these half spaces and then he can go outside and come inside. But he's he's got good close control. He's got he's got very good sharp passing and he can finish with the first goal. It was a was a wonderful third uh, third man or backup run and, and finished first time. It, it was it was a great bit of play. Yeah. Um, but one of the, did, th- yeah, the other things that we Curtis is, is, is just, it's not as well as his pressing, it's, it's, it's his duels, it's his, his physicality yeah. as well. He, he does get stuck in more. Um, he's, he's very, very um, combative when he needs to be as well. And he's strong. He's a strong lad. He's a tall lad as well. He doesn't get physically bullied. I'll, I'll post the, um, I'll post the um, WN comparison stuff I pulled out Fantasy Football Scout and into the Discord chat later. But it's amazing how how close the touch like the left touchline Curtis's t- Curtis's heat map is. Yeah. It, 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 when you think about where you, you think where he's playing in, in you know, allegedly in a box midfield, look how wide his touches are and it's quite 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 an eye opener actually. It um, is, particularly when you look at the off ball zones, yeah, definitely. Absolutely. Um so just wanted to just sum sum up Curtis's numbers in this run of games versus Harvey on the season so far. So Curtis is averaging seventy touches per game Harvey was 43. Um, passes received per game, Curtis 49, Harvey 30. Um, dribbling, Curtis 2.2, Harvey uh, 1.6. Um, passes, 52 versus 33. Um, and then um, chances created, uh, 1.4 for Curtis, 0.8 for Harvey. Um, yeah, so it's... And then tackles, I was just looking at aerials, 1.4 to 1.7. And tackles three point six to one point six, so it's like he's pretty much double the output off the ball, on the ball, so defensively and attacking there, Phil, as what we've been getting from that advanced midfield position. Yeah, um, no, and, and I think the discussion is how much individual versus how much system. That's the key, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, I, th- I think it's about. We've always said utilize the tools in the right areas. You're putting a player in there who has got the right tool set to play in that areas. I think he's also grown into it. I think. I did the, as you saw, I sort of did a period of analysis or what about from Chelsea. Um, and Curtis has moved more into this, this advanced eight role. And as you can go through the games, his passing volumes increase, as you said, he's, he's more direct. He's, uh, his touches have increased. He's got more confidence as he gains in the, in the role. And Harvey has gone the reverse because he's just not playing. Um, he's not getting the touches. He's not, He's not getting the opportunity as so I said all the time with Jota. Same thing with Harvey. He's not getting that practice to get the reinforcement. Whereas Curtis has come in now. So it's fourth start in a row, fifth start in a row, something like that. Mm. Um, you're going to get used to being in those areas, receiving the ball, getting the touch, getting the feel for it, and knowing the patterns as you go along and you go and you go to do it. So I think this is a real um sweet spot for Curtis and, and his his role in the team and, and long may it can continue. He's, he's an asset at the moment for us. Yeah. Can I can I can I add an extra layer to that data? The comparison between the two. Um, so uh, CJ wins nine percent of his total possessions back himself, with Harvey is five point one percent of his possessions. So it's almost double. Harvey's uh, gets receives possession from a pass rather than getting it back himself. So that's five percent extra that CJ wins. Um, mm-hmm. 
that uh, Curtis is at uh, 5.1 uh, progressive meters per touch and Harvey's at 3.3. Yeah. So he does more with it. He wins it back himself more because he's bigger. And uh, possession control, uh, CJ is at minus two, Harvey's at minus five and a half. Yeah. So he loses possession more. I, th- I think statistically, uh, I think Harvey has a better um, XG build. That's what I see, I think. Like traditionally, but I'm not entirely sure for this season. There's not enough. We don't have enough minutes really for uh, for CJ to be compared. Yeah. Plus, I guess the uh, the most fundamental one as well is that Curtis is probably what fifteen centimeters taller and um, and significantly faster as well. Yeah, and yeah. bigger and harder to knock off the ball and all that stuff. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And unfortunately, I mean, Harvey has been locked in the dungeon for the last month or so. When when Barton, I think he did kind of he did struggle to get involved in this one, didn't he? Yeah, I will pose a question though. Do you think that's the role of the player? Because Hendo's struggled to be involved playing the right side. We've, we've largely said that's Hendo, right? <clears throat> but here you have right. another player starting in there. And he's, so is it the role or is it the player? Any thoughts on that, Uh They had, so between, the, between Hendo and Harvey, they had 79 touches that side. And CJ and Darwin had 86. So, out, I don't really, it's the same. You're saying it's more the player? What they do with it, like, because their touches are very similar. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I think it's harsh making a judgment on Harvey in that game, but I don't. No, 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 I wasn't. I, wasn't I, don't, love him for the, I don't love him for this season anyway at all, by any stretch. Um uh, if we're sacrificing in the way that we would sacrifice the possession down Ginny's side um, b- in the hope of the stuff he does off the ball, uh, which seal- keeps us sealed, great. If that's what we want to do with Hendo and he can do that and he's willing to do that and he's willing to do that, just be a continuity player um, and do stuff off the ball, great I'm fine with that but they both give the ball away more than either of our left-sided eights um so I'm not sure that fits I'm not I, 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 my feeling is that it's 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 player that's fair I, I would rather maximize both sides to get variation in attack you know well I don't I don't care about getting both both eights equal as as long as I'd rather I'd rather stick a fullback that does that does a good job um, being in the right spot okay. in that right side eight role, if we're going to give the ball from Virgil to Trent to Mo, yeah, yeah, we don't yeah. need the, we don't need another player taking the, taking the two eights. Just need to road. carry the piano, don't they? Yes. The, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah. and but they also need to they need two things really. They need to be worth marking, and they need to be willing and able to to get the ball back. Yeah. Yeah. And I think um, I think that's one thing that Gags really liked Curtis in this game on his pressing uh, on the collection because yeah he, he he had some he had some genuinely good numbers there um, so thirty seven presses uh, thirty four presses from eighty five percent efficiency uh, with six uh, six possession wins um, so really really solid numbers um, from Jones um, yeah so that's enough CJ 
Well, you know, um, you know what you're saying. First fifteen minutes, you're talking. You- you were categorizing the first 15 minutes, like delineating first 15 minutes, right? That um, they had, oh man, I've gone off the damn. What are you finding page. that again? Uh, what are you finding that again? Um, if you, I guess the thing with CG actually is he topped it off with the output, didn't he? Topped it off with the goal. The goal, yeah. The goal for yeah. it. Yeah, well, that's what he needs. Yeah. More, more goal contributions well, direct. That, that comes next. Well, that, yeah, absolutely. But that, that um, first 15 minutes, there were. Um, Liverpool had 164 touches. Spurs had 48 touches. Uh, Liverpool lost possession out of their 164 touches 13 times. Three of those were um, kickoffs. Follow came with a kickoff afterwards. So we scored out of those 13 times. And Spurs lost the ball from uh, Spurs from their 30, 48 touches. Spurs lost the ball 27 times. Yeah. That's what we did to them. Absolutely dominated their passes. They it gave them no option. They were just getting the ball away, basically. Yeah. And we'd already created another blanket to bring the ball back back at them again. It, it, yeah. uh, honestly, the first 15 minutes was about as intense as I remember us being. Uh, shout out for Trent's uh, pass for the goal. Sorry. It makes it look so easy. Yeah, unbelievable. Uh, do you know what? It's a real shame that Hendo wasn't on the pitch because you could have just turned to him and gone, "That's the fucking thing you try all the time." Jeez, <laughs> 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 oh, it was sweet. But the first in the both the first two goals had unbelievable passes. First from Trent, and then um, from Mo to release Gakpo before the genius of a finish from, from Diaz. Yeah. Yeah. Also, also, shout out to Harvey um, for the pre- for the press on Perisic um, to to trigger the move as well, um, which was good. Uh, but yeah, that ball, um, and then yeah, that Diaz that Diaz volley. Wow, how did he? He was outside the post, wasn't he? That was just with his when he struck it. I think he was. Yeah. Yeah. I how didn't expect he... him to finish from there. I have to say, but hell of a finish with his wrong foot. Yeah. I'd... It's not something you expect from. We were told he didn't have a right. Uh, yeah, standing foot was it? Is he left-footed? Yeah. Really? We were told he didn't have it, isn't he? In the scouting. Yeah. Uh, I the I'd only seen him score right-footed goals. I don't know. I I'd never. Oh, I must be getting this all wrong then. It's the other way around. Well, anyway, even a good finish. Uh, it was, you know, it's a circus shot. It's, it's one of those things you try Cir- and train. A circus shot. <laughs> it's Love just, it. it's, it, yeah, it's a beauty. It's, it's, it's equal to a Rabona or something that you just try to pull off. Um, that's not a footballing action. That's, it's a proper, like, check this bit of skill out. And, and you're just trying to wedge a chip of the ball and and for it to slice off in that direction, it was just it's, it's fantasy. That's the that's the stuff. You're going to say it was street ball. Right? Street yeah. balling, yeah. yeah, exactly. It's street balling, yeah, yeah, yeah. I tell we had a thirty pass move before the penalty as well on eleven minutes. It was a wonderful pass, and it it goes into Cody, who I think he probably should take a shot on, but he tries to cut it back from Mo. Um, but it was. Just to emphasise that period of complete dominance of the ball, we were stringing together 10, 15 pass moves beautifully and, and getting in their box as well with, with penetration. You're talking, 
you, you, you talk about stress on defenders, uh, Sai, and then you induce Romero to do, make a decision like that. I, I, do you know what? I, I don't think it's a bad decision from Romero. I think we got <clears> a little lucky. I think we got a little bit lucky twice. We're a deflection that went to Trent in the first place from from the pressing that went from the first goal. And in this, in the, I don't think that Gakpo intended with his first touch to lift the ball, but he did. And it is it's like the perfect height as Romero came through. Romero would have cleared it out if he hadn't lifted the ball because his foot went straight underneath it, and it was only like six or seven inches off the floor. And it's yeah. just his first his touch to cut inside to cut back, lifted the ball. If he did it, if he did it, he's Suarez level genius, and I'm not convinced of that. I, I think he just tried to um, try to stop and cut inside, and the ball lifted up, and and lit, and Romero looked like a mug. But if you if you look from the right angle, he would have absolutely kicked the ball if it was on the floor. Yeah, yeah. Um. Before we talk about the WM stuff, um, skip on Diaz, not even a, a foul. How 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 does that work? I don't understand it. It's I mean, this is one of the talking points of the weekend, unfortunately. But well, I thought it was red card. Yeah, I mean, should, you know, if there's no yellow, I thought VAR got involved in that. But it, I think I, I just thought it was the VAR couldn't overturn a I yellow. Don't know what given. I I'm not sure what the the rules are on that, but so you've, you've you've been getting angry about Paul Tierney. What's this um, skip on Diaz? Yeah, it was naughty. Ollie was Ollie was naughty. That's one of those things. He just, I if you you can look back through my Twitter since the dawn of time, I've tried to uh, nudge the the um, I don't know the gauge on people's acceptance and normalising of, of actual violent, dangerous tackles in the perception we have in England of, like, if you, there are certain things that you can't do. You can't do. Yeah. It's, it's almost like the stuff, like, you, the white, white um, middle-class women say, oh, you can't say that, when the yeah, person yeah. that it might offend isn't remotely offended. But yeah. but we're in that with with certain types of action on a pitch. Like if you raise your hand, you're going to go. Whether it was violent or not, if the risk of raising your hand there, it might have you know uh, brushed somebody's cheek. But it's a red card because they raised the hand. There's no punch, and the punch is still less dangerous than you going over the top of the ball into somebody's shin from the side. Like the things we should rule out of football are the things that could potentially ruin a career. And we're way too accepting of them. And you have famous, famous pundits normalising them. Ah, oh, missed the ball, got a toe to the ball. Sometimes you get a toe to the ball and that makes it all right. When it doesn't, it's not in the no. rules for you to touch the ball. If you touch the ball, you can kick the ball 40 yards. And if your follow-through clears out the player, it's a red card. Endangering the opponent, isn't it? It's a rule. And if that isn't da- endangering the player, I don't know I, what is. I don't know what is. It, yeah. It's only luck that that didn't shatter his leg. Yeah. He's, yeah. yeah it, it's, does it endanger the opponent? Yes, it's a red card. It's that simple. Yeah. It, and um, it, but it, there should be a systematic media um, out pouring over these things to, to to get them removed from football if we supposedly care about but, stuff. But VAR looked at it, Sai. 
VAR, VAR looked at it because yeah. it, was, it was no yellow was given. So VAR looked at it and they didn't give anything either. That's because no. VAR's only, it's own, this season, it's only um, covering the backs of referees entirely. I think it's overturned referees three times all season. Right. Okay. Also, they make a massive head cry, a massive, massive cry out, head, in, head tackles more than the lower down, which I think mm. are far, it's, that, that tackle on Diaz is far worse than the clip to the head that Jota gets called out for later on. Sure. I'm not saying they're not, neither are right. Yeah, like so, you break Diaz's leg. He's just come back from doing both knees in there. That's that's a substantial part of his career. He's done, you know. Yeah, and it shouldn't matter if it was deliberate or not. If it no, could have broken, it's in danger an opponent. Danger an opponent. Yeah. Right, just want to wrap the pressing stuff up now before we go on to the the, the juicy stuff on the players. Um, so we had seventy-one percent of all our pressing in this game was in chains. That historically has been a very good thing when we've been a compact unit. Just wanted to highlight one example of this, this season. Brighton, away, when we lost 3-0, was also 71% of our pressing was in chains. The difference was against Brighton, the team-level pressing efficiency was 71%. Against Spurs, it was 87 There was 84 total fails against Brighton, 25 against Spurs. So, systemically... The WM has allowed us to be in a position where we can press in chains and be more confident of winning those duels because we're closer and the amount of group pressing at the same time is also increasing. 44 group pressing, the group presses versus Spurs, that's the most of the season apart from the Real Madrid game, which doesn't really count because most of those when we were when we were 5-0 down. Um, but it's the most group presses we've had all season. Again, WM facilitates players in closer proximity to each other in a compressed space. As I said, the five-meter sprints are back, you know, the little closing down mo- motions, and that's what it is. You know, you, against Brighton was the ultimate, we talked about it at length, didn't we, Phil? It was the ultimate thing. The system, the system is broken. It yeah. can no, it, it, now, the, 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 the cost of us doing it is way, way more than the benefits we get from it. And now yeah. we'll start, we're, still, we're starting to reverse that again, back in the positive trends. We are. And, and this game really highlights what we chatted about with West Ham with the, with the, tri- the, the four-man triangles in this game. So the uh, Cody, Curtis, uh, Diaz and Robbo are grouped on the directional viz, very uh, close together uh, on the top, top left, if you like, the half space, just outside the, the, the box. On the right... It's just in front of our normal right-back cover zone is Kanate, Trent, Harvey and Mo. So they are working together as a unit and then Fab is in the middle. Vivi doesn't really get involved in the pressing. Petty is scooping up. So that, but they're working in really condensed area, really focused areas, short, sharp sprinting to win it back. And that clip that we've clipped and put in, uh, thank you to subscribers doing that in the chat, is what is the highest chain we've ever done? Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's 15, 15 press events in that chain. Um, and that and it's, shows you moving yeah. from the right quadrant or triangle, if you like, whatever you want to call it, to then the left, and then it goes back out, and then we win it again with Fab clearing it up, which we yeah. sh- he shouldn't have been given a foul for. But I'm just saying that really yeah, Spurs, get a, cheap, that Spurs get a cheap free kick, don't they? Get do. out of it. But it starts with that right group, goes to the left group, then comes back in and Fab mobs it up. And that is just something we haven't been doing. Yeah. That, that 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 shows you that 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 was we've been collecting the pressing now uh, since Klopp's first season, and that's the most presses we've ever seen in our data for a single chain that we've done. So fifteen and six different players involved <coughs> in that chain. 
which that, that can't happen unless those players are in close proximity to each other. But, exactly. And they're getting yeah. used to playing in those, in those, they're getting, as I said, they're buying into this new way. They've got success. It's six unbeaten now. They've got goals. They're feeling better about playing. They're getting used to it. And with that, you get buying and you get the energy. And then if your mates start doing it on the pitch, you do it. And then you get the results, which we've just seen with some really impressive off-the-ball numbers. Yeah. The only downside with Trent's analysis, um, Greg's analysis, is that we have to be honest, and he did say that, in his view, as well as Hendo, um, Fab also looks spent. It, it, it compared to the pressing machine that he was, he looks a long way, long way below that level, and also, you know, Harvey is, you know, eh, you know. But Curtis, Jutta, and Cody are definitely really good pieces in, in terms of for sure. Gagan versus Gagan V two or something, should we call it? <laughs> Maybe. <Yeah. laughs> anyway, let's. I want to ask you both a question about the WM. Right, um, mm-hmm. we lose. We lose a three 0 lead. Um, Spurs gradually come into the game and you know have some dangerous moments. Right. How much of how much of that, you know, the next hour of the game can be attributed to us playing WM and how much of it is just the way that Spurs always play against us anyway? But do you want to go first? I was going to say because of time. Oh, Sai, do you want to? Yeah. Sai? I, I, I think it's us getting used to it. I think um, it's, it's the stuff we talked about the last couple of weeks in the, our strength against your strength and... Uh, we controlled it for the most part. I think uh, a little bit of dynamic systems theory happened in this game in the, um, because of the stupid rules about offsides and when when Linos raised their flags, um, they hit the bar and hit the post three times um, and they were all offside, but the, uh, the Lino only, only flagged once because nothing actually happened because they hit the bar and then we got possession again. So um, it never got VAR reviewed. And that feels like we've, even to the players, it feels like we got, we got um, beaten, but we didn't. But it feels like it did. And then Spurs feel like that they got back into it. So, so it just nudges a little bit of doubt and a little bit of confidence on that, on that spectrum. Um, and uh, they, they helped them get back into the game a little bit. Robbo got a little bit antsy and tried to do that thing where he he presses he pushes up a little bit too early. Yeah. That's all because he's still not used to playing in that role. And and if you look, two of the really big chances came because one he gave the ball away, literally gave the ball to um, the Swedish dude. What's he called? Um, uh, yeah, Kudelski, which which Ali made a brilliant save from, and I can't believe the uh, XG two they gave it. Um, and um, and then they hit the hit the post from another one that that he'd gone off running away from. Um, so yeah, it's, it's it's a little bit that rather than the WM. I, I I think for the large part it, we were in control of our formation for the most of any game we have so far, if that makes sense. And it's going to come more and more. It's not controlling the game in 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 or outside of possession. It's controlling our formation and how they imp- the opposition impact on that. And I think we were much better at it in this game than we had been previously. Yeah, I largely I, I, I agree with that. I think um, you look at the first goal. So I spoke a lot about how we got a little bit of luck in a, a couple of our openings. Maybe these slips at a really critical time for their first goal. That mm. is a little bit of snippet luck that goes against us. And then that creates a little bit of um, systems theory perpetration and they seize it. That doesn't happen. We see another five minutes out of the net scoring. You get more confidence. But I do think as we learn the system, those are, if you look at the last two games, 
I think we've reduced the amount of attacks the opposition was having. Yeah, particularly yeah. in the last five, that's been a. We, I know we're still giving away stupid big chances, right? And I get that. But in terms of pre this batch of games, when the opposition had the ball, there was no confidence, I think, that we could sit there and go, they're not going to be able to create something out of this. Whereas now we're on the ball, we have a lot more possession, we're doing a lot more with it. And they they are having fewer and far between attacks. They are they're having to choke to go a bit more direct, less passes. Spurs are playing the ball in behind onto runners. Yeah, it wasn't possession based. Whereas Brighton came and basically outdid us all over the park, but they also had the ball well. We're not seeing that anymore. So I think once we hone this system more, we will stop the ball at source to stop the balls over the top, which is Son's uh, the second goal. Um, and we will become more attuned to this new way of playing, and we'll reduce those chances. For me, it's progress, massive progress. Yeah, and, and I want to say that... I don't need a VPN. I've got nothing to hide. <laughs> this is what I used to tell myself before I hooked up with LibertyShield.com. Not only is my home internet now fully encrypted, but I can now access all the websites I want, whenever I want, and do so from absolutely anywhere. As a Liverpool fan, I love to know I can now watch every match, regardless of whether it's on UK TV or not. My Liberty Shield VPN makes sure nothing is blocked and guarantees me super fast streaming speed throughout that match. You can get connected right now with their software package, which includes a 48-hour no-obligation free trial and instant access to their apps for Apple, Android, Fire TV, PC, Mac and Android TV. Or go a step further like I have and get one of their pre-configured VPN routers. These small but powerful devices allow you to easily connect every device in your home to VPN, making it the perfect solution for smart TVs, mag boxes and games consoles. Visit libertyshield.com today and use coupon code AIVPN25 to get 25% off at checkout. I mean, loads of me to say it, but Harry Kane is just a really good player. He's getting he's getting better as he's I think he's better now than he was five years ago, to yeah. be honest. And, and the way he drops deep now, um and and he, he, but he, he links play and his his distribution is excellent, but he can still be the centre forward as well. It's just he's just perfect in that respect. So but and, then, and, and and every game we played against Spurs the last three years is can yeah, well can, yeah, that as well. But can can we stop Son on the counter attack? Usually the answer is no. Because <laughs> he he's so dangerous. Yeah. yeah, I said to another man when I said end of the day, Son and Kane are phenomenal players. They're good players. Yeah. You give them the right opportunities, which we still allow because we haven't quite honed the system, they'll yeah. take advantage and they'll score. And yeah. <clears throat> but I think Spurs would have played like that against us, whether we'd been 4-3-3 or, or WM. Yeah, the annoying goal for me, which which is the free kick. Yeah. Because we stopped doing that. We stopped conceding our free kicks. Mm. And that is a poor goal for us to concede. Yeah. Unfortunately, with our with the players become a bit of a habit of doing it. Yeah. That was... That was the most annoying thing about the goal for me. It was, it was Nunes on on Richarlison, wasn't it? And yeah. he just yeah run straight by him. It was a stupid free kick to give away. From yeah, it that. wasn't a foul. Was right? it? it wasn't yeah. a foul, right? Let's clear that up. But having dealt with that, for it. I know it's stupid. But then we used it to was a Milner right. foul. I thought it was it was the thing that Milner does when he comes on. Look, I'm hard. Yeah, uh, I'm going to go and kick somebody. Yeah, but then we normally go right. We're not doing this. We're we're um we're defending this and we clear it. But that was. It just, it just didn't need it. We just cleared that. We just seen the game out. Yeah, three two. Yeah, 
that Darwin is um, Darwin on set play defending, say? Um, I'm less Darwin for every single game on every single thing. So, yeah, it's I'm difficult. not a good person to speak to about this. He's he, yeah, he he dropped too deep. He was the one that he would have been <clears> offside <throat> if it wasn't for him. Yeah, and he's the fastest player on the pitch. Don't be a dickhead. And then and he, he lets him go past him. Yeah, I was to say, didn't go with him when he dropped him. Yeah. yeah. So it just makes you wonder how the team can improve defensively on set plays if he's there. It might, it might be just be better to say stay on the halfway line, mate. And um, yeah, yeah, I'm hundred yeah. percent. Don't you don't even need to stay on the halfway line. Stick him, stick him halfway, um, yeah. and he still will get to the goal before anybody else on the pitch. But then, but the thing is, he, then he will never ever learn how to defend set plays in it as part of a team. There's also yeah, the neutral option, Darth. There's the neutral <laughs> option. You know that. All right. Anyway, this is a positive part. This is a positive <laughs> podcast. Right. So let's talk about um, improvements. Let's talk about improvements in the last five games versus the rest of the season and um, anything we want to look at. Um, so, sorry, team level, player level. Talk to me about big, some things that you like. Big numbers is um, that... Um, if we if we're gonna forget that this is a tiny sample size, the big the biggest numbers from um, my perspective are um, Trent Alexander Arnold has a, uh, a season wide point three one xG chain, and since uh, since halfway halftime against Arsenal, it's a one point one a one oh five. Wow! So he's tripled his xG chain. Um, he, his XG build has gone up 20%. Um, his XA has doubled. Like, he's, he is, the stuff he is doing is phenomenal. His, um, uh, his possession control uh, has improved. Is It's gone from f- minus 14 to minus 10. For a guy that takes as many risks as he does, that's tremendous. There's a difference in his game as well. Um a big difference in the is uh, where am I at? percentage of touches carried um, this season, 23%. Do you know what it is since Arsenal? 59. So he's carrying the ball up the field himself. He's yeah. carrying the ball up the field whilst being the best passer on the pitch as well. So he's given himself the best opportunity to make the pass that he wants. So his progressive, his meters per, per pass, his progressive meters per pass has actually gone down because he's carrying it and he's creating a better angle for himself. So and that's that's one of the significant things from my perspective. Um, that, let's, that has... let's do Trent stuff then as well, because it's just so good, right? Um He's at 1.23 balls a game in the WM. Uh, he was at 0.4 before that. He's at 1.2 big chances created per game. So that's six in five games. That rate, 1.2 per game, that is unheard of. De Bruyne is about 0.8, I think, in his yeah. this um before that. So he's doubled it. His big chances per game was at 0.6 before that. And obviously he's at 1.2 assists because he's had six assists in five games as well. And before that, you know, we obviously we don't give it because it's a dependent striker dependent. He wasn't didn't have any previously this season. But yeah, 87 passes versus 56 as well. It's 
It's a phenomenal change. I mean, I, I did some biz on these uh, passing and that's changed over the games. And it's just the movement as he's grown into the central role, the range and the depth of his passing is is phenomenal. I he's mean, dribbling twice as much as well. 1.6 versus, versus 0.8. It's just, it's a remarkable change really when you think about it. Yeah. Um, passes received, 76 in the WM versus 50. Yeah. So he's getting 50% more passes received. He's receiving 50, 50% more possession per match. So it's becoming the uh, focal point of the side. But that's also another thing, right? He also has gone up from um, his percentage of possessions won um, has gone up from um, 9% of the time he would have won the ball back himself for his possession. And now it's at 14. So he's winning the ball at a high percentage as well. Yeah. Yeah. He's got more responsibility to do that, I saw, hasn't he, in the middle of the park? Uh, yeah, I also think he's been a little bit, as I said, I think he's been a little bit lucky because it, it, it's such a small sample. If he, if yeah, he gets yeah. five rebounds his way, it looks bigger than it is right now. But yeah, I do sure. think it's, it's a significant thing. I think he is, he is much better at reading the ball, the game when, the, when it's in front of him than we expected um, or than predicted in midfield. And I, I think there is just every chance he could just be the best midfielder in the country and we should have been put, sticking in there all along and I was wrong. Should we talk about Mo? Mo is great. Mo two, Mo two goals behind Stephen Gerrard Salah. <laughs> um, he's, got, he's got a wider heat map than he did pre-WM as well. Yeah. So it's not about him being on the touchline. It's all as it's, uh, it's um, Bart's. It's about the system. Yeah. But that's what we've always said, right? Create a system yeah. that gets the most out of Mo. He's, he's starting wider, but he's dribbling in, isn't he? So yeah. he's... His dribbles have, have increased. His duels have increased. Everything has increased as you go through the games as they learn this new system. Um, it, it's it's just phenomenal. And now he's on course to break. He'll get the next record on it, I think, for yeah. the season. Yeah, definitely will. I mean, I mean, just in terms of the most important one, it's, it's, it's like just like Trent is is touches and, and passing. Sixty. He's averaging sixty four touches per game in the WM. He had sixty. I think he had sixty three against Spurs. And it, it was 42 um, yeah, yeah. Bit this season. So, what, didn't you have a stat about Salah being over 60 touches or was it over 50? 54. Over 54 oh. touches and he's averaging 64 in the WM. Yeah, phenomenal. And and those touches mean more as well. He's he, Before um, before the WM, he was averaging 2.6 uh, progressive metres per touch. He's 5.4 now. Um, that's a just a big deal. He's winning eight percent of his of his possessions. He's winning himself as well. So yeah. we're getting this higher win back percentage percentage rate, um, like higher up the pitch. We're winning the ball, winning possession back. His xG build is now is gone up from a, a career low at one point eight seven, uh, at point one eight seven, which is um, the lowest by him. He's been at point four point four four five, and um, it's at point seven. Uh, in the last five games, so he's just he's just constantly involved. His XG chain is one point two six. That's yeah, that's vintage Salah, um, uh, and he's at point four hockey's a game. He's he's like properly involved in all of the good stuff. Yeah, um, uh, and, and I'm enjoying it. And his his ball retention rate has gone up uh, nearly twenty percent as well. 
is it? The if you look at his like his jewels as well, so take ons if you like. City, remember he had none, right? The last game of this period of his development, he had fourteen alone in the final third in around the half space. Yeah. His that's, percentage that's percentage of crazy. touches carried, thirty six percent, it's gone to sixty six percent. Yeah. Well they've yeah, literally gone right. Let's 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 give him the ball. Let's give him the let's, let's give our two best players the ball. Yeah. 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 Um, he's driven a lot more, as you said, but he, yeah. just like Trent, he's receiving fifty percent more passes. Yeah. It's forty-six versus twenty-eight, and in the final third, he's receiving twenty-five passes per ninety, and previously it was seventeen. So yeah. you know, and Golden Vault, he touches in the box. He's averaging eleven touches in the box per game versus seven. That's massive. It's, Mo Salah it's... having four extra touches in the box per game. It's crazy, right? Yeah, four point four it... shots. Versus 2.9? Like Einstein. <laughs> Thought of thinking about this. But the other thing is, well, if you look at his passing, it's it's not now, it's greater variety. So the, the length of arrow, if you look at it, is are longer. So he's trying, so Tottenham and West Ham, he tried a lot more variety in his passes, which are towards the end of this block of five of, of the WM. Whereas at the beginning of it, he was still kind of this wingery on the on there was short yeah. sharp along the wing. So it's changing and evolving. It's becoming that like you said that backs up that he's more involved in our attacking play. We spent the first half of the season pre World Cup talking about how Dallas Rolls change side to become more of a creative because it's because he's the best, most creative of the forwards, right? And he's always yeah. been he's always been his unique ad- added value, hasn't it? Is his creative side as well as his goal scoring. But his creativity has pretty much stayed the same now. He's just up the he's just up the really important stuff, which yeah. is the shooting and the scoring again. Yeah, saying that his his uh, progressive distance pass has gone up from uh, seventy nine meters a game to one hundred and fifty five. Yeah, but there's almost like less pressure on him to be the creative fulcrum now. Yeah, you got Trent to do it too. Yeah. Imagine if you recruit to other players you could play in the system and be a threat. Start off. I, I, I Carry the piano a, for those here's two. Here's a key factor, right? That we we can talk we can talk about about numbers of touches per game, and and Trent has gone up significantly, right? But so has the teams. So he 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 used to have um, ten point two percentage of total possession. So of all Liverpool's possessions, ten percent would be Trent's. He currently has twelve percent. That's all. It's gone up a little bit. Mose was at four percent and is now at eight percent. Yeah, yeah. We've doubled the involvement of Mo in our possessions. Yeah, yeah. So, quick one on the team, um, and then we'll talk about the team as a def- the defensive side. Um, team is averaging seventy-one percent possession uh, versus fifty-eight and a half. Um, previously, the rest of the season, um, and a pass completions higher. Obviously, more passes at a higher rate, eighty-seven versus eighty-three, uh, and then the goal threat. The um, open play goal attempts have increased by one per game, um, and the uh, shots on target has stayed the same. But the big chances have gone up from there. We were already high at three. The attack was never really the problem this season. But the big chances have gone up from three to five. And the difference is, obviously, when you have the uptick in conversion, what you were seeing with, you know, um, 15 goals from the last 10 XG, you know, that's when you, that's the kind of thing that results in 12 points from 12, but... Exactly. 
It's um, not, I don't want to get in that finishing fairies conversation now. You've been <laughs> this week already, but yeah, it, it does help when you're when they start converting the chances you created. But to go from what three to five uh, big chances is it, still that's quite a big difference. Yeah, it's massive. Yeah, that's massive. That's what I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's exactly. two 30% chances that we were creating up more than we were. That's yeah. and that's reflected in our big um, goal scores, a, yeah. in our big goal scores, and our big XG difference as well. Because yeah. you've noted that that's improved over the game. So, yeah. so let's talk about the defensive side then, right? We are seeing some improvements, but we are seeing, as we've said many times, that the, the, the defensive side has been relegation level. Let's be honest, most mm-hmm. of the season, we are seeing some improvements from that position but we aren't at an objectively good level of defensive performance yet. No, we still, what was Tottenham, was it four big chances? Yeah. Yeah. So we're still conceding uh, way too many big chances on average. Yeah, um, it's down from three to two, three all in the league this season. And there's now 2.2 per game yeah. with the a, with a WM. So still way too many. We need to be one or below, don't we, for for Yeah, we need to get so. as close to one as possible on the big yeah. chances conceded, yeah. Yeah, and considering again, we've we've done this before. Considering now we're increasing the amount of possession, actually to concede that amount of big chances from only giving the opposition an average thirty percent possession, yeah, is actually really not not just bad. That's really bad. Yeah, you know, and, the, the, and that's what we've got to do better. With. The XG the XG conceded has come down a tad from one point five to one point three. I guess yeah. I guess the trade off is here. While we're seeing some improvements on the defensive side, the attack has just gone to supernova so the differential the xg difference is really strong primarily driven by the attack a little li- small improvement on the defensive side huge improvement on the attacking side yeah and, and i think to be fair at the moment we all know i think we can all be honest to say this isn't perfect it's a vast improvement and this will, <clears> i think riding this hot streak as it probably is that that different to the end of the season isn't a bad thing and then we can reassess I still think there's something in there about the physical capability of us to maintain that level of intensity for more than a 15, 20 minute period. Yeah. You know, it would have been great for us to continue that period at Tottenham all the way through, you know, the first half and completely out there demoralised them, but we, we didn't for whatever reason. So yeah, it's, it's a definite area to do that. But I, and this is where you come, I asked the question about that right side, isn't it? Oh, and it's, if it's the player, then that is a player and position we need to evolve because it seems to me that we managed to be able to now attack with 10 players, but we can't defend with 10 players. Mm. Do you know what I'm saying? So it's, yeah. you look at West Ham, although that was a great goal, that was our right eight, not tracking, not potentially not tracking the player, yeah, whatever, he, he got run yeah. past by the goal scorer. This is the other side. but So I think there's there's something in that about as a unit, the way that club wants us to principally defend, we still need to have all players doing their jobs. And currently, I think I think there's still an element of our right eight, whoever's playing there, is not quite in sync with the rest of the team, which is enabling things to happen. Yeah. So, um, last word to you. It's so I uh, had to go. Oh, is he? All mm. right. In that case... Um... Uh, any anything that you didn't cover, but no, I what I will do is I'll put uh, as people know me, I do the biz, but I did a special pre and post WM pack for all of our main stayers, and I'll put that in the Discord chat. You can have a look at all the biz from there. All right, all right. Well, thanks everybody for listening. In. We will be back next week um, with another double header. 
Fulham and Brentford. Um, and I think a little bit of a revenge is needed on both of those games, uh, Bots. Absolutely, so looking... 100%. Let's make it eight unbeaten. Yeah, I am looking forward to some revenge being dished out on those London boys. Right. <laughs> Until then, up the fucking Reds. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement, and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.